That was after the back-to-back doubles, but somehow didn't score a run. <laughs> I think there's, <laughs> an, there's an unwritten rule. It's a five-game series, and they can't afford to do something that's going to get somebody ejected from a game, removed from a game. And he was facing the greatest closer, non-Mariano Rivera division of all time. (laughs) Is that his official title now? And welcome to Artificial Turf Wars, episode number 32, where our bat tosses go farther than the balls we put in play. I'm your host, Greg Wisniewski, and I am joined this afternoon, as it it so happens that we are recording by Josh Housem. Josh, uh, do I even need to ask how you're feeling? (laughs) <laughs> the last time you asked me that, the rant, the answer would have been complete opposite. I know it was. You were like, eh. "This is like I don't even know what what uh, non non word noise follows." Uh, woo, yeehaw, something like that. Um, <laughs> in that vein, uh, why don't we start off with a unusual non Buck Martinez special guest swinging a drive, and we'll see if we can figure out what the call is from. Fair. All right, let's do it. All right, here it is. Pinch. Swing and a drive, and this ball game is over. Encarnacion will dance around the bases. The celebration starts at home plate and continues here at Rogers Center. Encarnacion walks it off, and Toronto has a date with Texas. You know, I know swing and a drive is Buck's signature call, but I don't think there's anything wrong with uh, with using it there. No, no, I don't think so. I think, well, I think his buck signature call is swinging a drive on balls that might not be driven that well. <laughs> that one was crushed. And so I think Chomby has perfectly enough right to use it. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll allow the foul. And we won't, I, I, uh, I could have stopped that and made you guess, but I think you probably would have got it right. Uh, right I off think the that bat. was a home run by Edward Encarnacion <laughs> in a very big game, perhaps. That that's uh, yeah. We're gonna have an off season swing and a drive where we're gonna we're gonna question the um, the relative importance of whatever it was that was happening in the game at the time. I'm sure, <laughs> but not that one. No, no. Uh, excellent. So I mean, obviously, since we talked, the Blue Jays didn't collapse, and then they got into the playoffs, and then they won the wild card game, and there's just so much to cover, and it's amazing, and we're very very happy, uh, and, and they live to fight another day. So I, I, what more can you say? I don't know, but we're going to try in the next 15 or 20 minutes. And then we're going to talk to Jamie Campbell and see what he has to say about the upcoming Texas Rangers matchup and his reaction to, uh, to everything that happened. Uh, we do have, uh, of course, a do-over because uh, that's standard operating procedure around here. And then maybe one more audio clip if I can dig one up uh, because, hey, why not, right? And we have a little, a little bit of fan listener interaction. Of course, of course, because funny, you seem to be an engaged fan base even in the middle of the day this this week. I don't know why, and actually want to <laughs> respond to our questions. It's oh. almost as if, as we said last time, people like when this team is good. Yeah, it's it's amazing. It's amazing. So why don't we start with the highlight of the week, which is the wild card walk off? Where were you when, Josh? I was in the ballpark. <laughs> Aren't you a lucky fool? Uh, where were you? I think I'm a very smart time, man for being there. I was actually sitting in the press box. What? That's, that indicates that you may actually be developing into a professional who talks about baseball on a regular basis, and I'm not really comfortable <laughs> with that. 
<laughs> no, it was uh, it was interesting being up there for that because you know when you're there, you're not allowed to react, right? The dumbest and rule every, ever. <laughs> and every instinct in my body was just to jump and scream. <laughs> what? How many guys though? I mean, I understand you get guys who've been there thirty or forty years, and maybe they're not you know died in the wool Blue Jay fans anymore because they've seen so much baseball. But how many guys are literally reaching up and biting their fists so they don't break the protocol of cheering in the press box? <laughs> I'm guessing at least at the beginning, many of them. Oh, my goodness. I can't think the first couple of years are easy. So uh, from your perspective, was I mean, was this as loud as Bautista's home run? It was a walk-off, which is pretty incredible. You know what? I, I think it was. And it wasn't just that point in the game that was as loud either. I mean, just from the very first pitch, this place was rocking. I actually went down. I was only up in the press box for the last – well, I guess technically it was like seven innings because the game went long. But for the first few innings, I wanted to be down with, you know, with the, where the noise was just to feel the atmosphere of the place. And it was unbelievable. Oh, yeah. And I mean, that's totally the attraction of, of the playoffs. I always find it so sad when the team gets to the playoffs and it's got like 28,000 people in a 40,000 seat stadium or something stupid like that. It's like, folks, this is the whole point is, is you could be absolutely cranked up for two or three hours and uh and it's the right time so get yourself to the ballpark team shouldn't have to give away tickets and in toronto that's not the case i heard somebody paid 250 bucks per seat for ones beside the jumbotron in the fifth deck or the 500 level um which i if you've ever sat there you realize that you really can't see any of the in-between inning anything from that perspective you're just kind of on your own while the pitcher warms up you also can't see the corner <laughs> yeah oh it's, yeah you, the big chunks of the field are missing depending on which side you're on yeah but anyway the point was like the people came out to support this team and they i mean from the first pitch when marcus stroman throws a strike people are erupting and when he went one two three two times in a row they went crazy you know and then by the time kevin pilar made that catch and i believe it was the fifth inning yeah, fourth or fifth. Four, yeah. Fourth or fifth. Uh, it might have been the fourth. Uh, and, you know, I, I had not heard the place that loud since Marco Estrada walked off the field in game five of the ALCS. So for those of you who didn't think that, you know, the the baseball town of Toronto didn't understand the magnitude of a, of a winner-takes-all game, I think the people who bought tickets understood the magnitude. And that was pretty cool. Uh, you could tell on TV, too, that the place was just a constant buzz that would go up when something good happened and, and drown out the speakers. And and that's not the Sportsnet audio setup where every crack of the bat sounds like, uh, you know, it's been hit 500 feet. That's whatever uh, TBS was doing. Um, and they still captured this, this constant rumble going on in the building. So good on you toronto fans we'll get to the not good on you toronto fans later i think we'll yeah, yeah that. that'll come up but that'll come up i think in our possible <laughs> maybe giving people options to do things differently segment um so jose bautista proved once again that uh you know before that encarnacia walk-off homer uh he was the king i don't want to get to the walk-off just yet he still hit a home run that put the blue jays ahead in a, a, a playoff elimination game. Um, he did that in game six last year as well. He's, he's hit, what, three home runs in his last two playoff games. He's hit almost as many as Joe Carter um, now and, and in, I would believe, significantly less games. He has five. Um, it's it's going to be tough to say goodbye to Jose if we have to say goodbye to Jose. Yeah, uh, Jonah Bierenbaum 
from the score tweeted out that after yesterday, Bautista is now hitting 295, 415, 705 <laughs> with five home runs in 12 career playoff games. That's a guy that rises to the occasion. Yes. Yes, because he does not have a 700 slugging percentage in any two-week period, I'm sure, which is essentially what the playoffs are for him uh, in in the regular season in a long time. Um, no. So, yeah, so, you, I mean, you, no, go ahead. No, no, I just like this is these two guys, uh, even if this is somehow the end, I mean, they're certainly going out with a bang. Yeah, I mean, you don't want to see your guys, you know, sort of limp out. Um, like Alex Rodriguez, as great a player as he was, he really kind of ended up kind of dragging himself through the last part of a season. And, and that, to me, that always makes me sort of sad. I understand why he had to do that, why his contract stipulated that, but it's just, yeah, you, you're you just kind of, you, you want to see guys really doing their best. And, and this is certain, uh, certainly what happened last night. And we got to, we get to see it again and again, hopefully, as the playoffs go on. Um, so other earlier moments in the game, uh, you wanted to talk about Ezekiel Carrera. <laughs> yeah, I did. Uh, somehow this has sort of come, become a theme over recent weeks. I mean, the guy who got the game winning hit in Boston on Saturday, which we'll, we'll get back to those games. Ezekiel Carrera. He's, I mean, who would have thought he'd be starting a wild card game? Yeah. Let alone driving in a run to tie the game, which ended up letting it go into all those extra innings in a wild card <laughs> game. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, this is a guy who, you know, it was strange things happen because who would have thought is pretty much the way you start most Ezekiel Carrera sentences. And it's never who would have <laughs> thought, and it's a bad thing. I mean, he hit a home run off of Brad Boxberger because, of course, he did. Um, he Earlier in the season, he, uh, you know, he's laying down bunt hits, even though I would think by now infielders are pretty much well-adjusted to the idea that he's going to try and get a bunt hit. Doesn't he got seem a game-winning hit off Craig Kimbrell. Yeah. <laughs> Who would have thought Ezekiel Carrera? And then you can end the sentence however you like within any moment. So, uh, yeah, considering that Michael Saunders, BJ Upton, Kevin Pillar, and Jose Melvin. Bautista are, sorry, Melvin Upton, um, are, are the quote-unquote regular outfielders on this team. It's amazing that Carrera gets playing time and then also somehow rises to the occasion. It's super cool. Yeah, and especially in that situation too because that was after the back-to-back doubles but somehow didn't score a run. I think there's an, there's an unwritten rule in Blue Jays land where if there are two hits in a row, the only way you score a run is if, if one of those hits is a home run. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Um, but uh, yeah, and then, but then Zeke came up big with that little that I mean, it wasn't a well hit ball, but it was a flare to center field that fell in for an RBI single. And, and then it turned into a bullpen game, which was not supposed to work in our favor, right? No, no. The Blue Jays bullpen is uh, good on occasion. And luckily, this was one of those occasions, but the Orioles' bullpen is just good, flat out. I mean, um, before they got to Dunsing, they got uh, they had Givens, uh, Brad Brock, and Darren O'Day. And all those guys, especially against the right-handers in the Jays' lineup, looked really, really tough. Anybody who drops down, I, I just assume, is going to be tough on the same-handed batter. Yeah, and then they had Donnie Hart dropping down from the left side. So, and yeah. Yeah, but just like if you had told anybody before the game, this game is by the seventh inning, this will be a tie game and it'll be going to the bullpens. Neither team starter will be left in the game. I'm guessing, at least the people who are aware, 90% of them would say, oh, Baltimore is going to win that game. Yeah. 
And I would say one of the reasons they would assume that is because Baltimore has Zach Britton. <laughs> they do? Are you sure? I am told. I was there yesterday. I didn't, I didn't see him. <laughs> you didn't? If you no. looked way down, sort of in the bullpen in the outfield, I bet he you would have, if maybe binoculars, you would have seen him on a chair or perhaps pacing in, uh, <laughs> frustratingly or something. Uh, so we come to the real most incomprehensible part of the game. Like, I can fit my head around an Encarnacion walk-off home run easily. I cannot fit my head around the best pitcher in the Orioles' bullpen still sitting in the bullpen. He might be there today. If if you go down today, he might still be there. <laughs> That's true. There's a very good chance. Uh, it was baffling. So there's actually a really good piece that uh, Sam Miller wrote for ESPN. It's like he just detailing every possible out and whether he would have been a good pitcher to use in those situations through the entire game. Okay, ten, um, ten different times uh, where you would have said, hey, should he bring him in here? And some of them are genuinely no, and there's a reason why no. But most of them are yes. <laughs> yes, you could bring him yeah. in here and justify it. But of all of them, look, you want to say you want to use O'Day, you want to use Brock, you want to use Givens. All these guys are amazing relief pitchers. So at least there's some justification for not going to Britain. But how are you going to Brian Dunsing and Ubaldo Jimenez before you go to Zach Britton, especially against the top of the order? I don't know. I, I literally do not know the answer to that question. And... So Bob Nightingale tweeted out, it's like, I've co I've called three managers and they all agreed with Showalter's decision. All those managers need to sit down with their GMs and learn something because this concept of saving your closer on the road, it makes less sense to save your closer on the road than it does at home. Yeah. At home, if, you're, if your pitcher gives up a run, you still have a chance to win the game. On the road, if your pitcher gives up a run in extra innings, you lose. Use yeah. your best guys. Yeah, we've I mean, gone over this before. Thrilled. Like, yeah, we have. I'm thrilled. Like, I'm glad <laughs> Zach Britton didn't pitch because I don't think they were going to hit him because nobody hits him. He's given up a run in like three months. I just, my whole thing is, you can't. You're right. You can't manage for next inning because next inning might not show up. So ask the question completely in a vacuum. I have a runner on third base with less than two outs. Do you want Ubaldo Jimenez or Zach Britton pitching? Throw everything else in the garbage. And the answer now, the to that... issue there, but the, but the issue there was like it, once he went to Jimenez, he kind of had to stick with him because I don't think they had anybody else. You if they have did have to... other pitchers, any other pitchers, then they should have gone to Britton right there. But the thing is, they should have gone to Britton before Jimenez, before the runners got on base. Well, you have Travis Donaldson. Encarnacion, Bautista, Tulo, Martin, or sorry, Martin, Tulo coming up. Britain can face all those guys. Yeah. Just crazy. I, uh, so, thank you, Buck Showalter, I guess. Yeah, I like that. That's <laughs> <laughs> what that comes. Uh, perfect. Um, so the last thing uh, that we should discuss, I guess, is those two games in Boston to finish off the regular season and the Jays, I guess, avoiding the collapse that we are all dreading. Yeah, I think we should just quickly touch on the two before that, too, because so we recorded it after the Jays, their first loss of the series against Baltimore in the at home. And then they lost their next two games. And yeah. they found themselves actually behind the Orioles and tied with the Tigers. <laughs> well, ha sorry, half the game ahead of the Tigers because the Tigers need to play one more game. But it was scary. And then 
they kind of gutted it out and you know came up big and won two games two really tight games yeah one run games on the road right both of them yeah uh and one where osuna came in early and and balked in <laughs> the tying run and i would i would if i had to pick the low point for the blue jays at the very least their september but possibly their season i would have to say sitting on the verge of losing a wild card position and having your closer in early in a high pressure situation and and having him commit a balk and not like one of those subtle i don't understand why that was a balk box no this was like osuna decided that was the pitch and then halfway through his delivery decided no i don't really want to throw that pitch um <laughs> and it, it, was, it was made even worse because he'd come in with first and second nobody out and immediately got a double play yes so it's like okay they're gonna get out of this they got a shot and they balked in the run <laughs> so there was the bottom uh and then it, it things just started looking up which is crazy. From there, we had... Now, was it Carrera who drove in the run in that? Yeah, that was... Sorry, I said he got a hit. I'll give him a hit off of Crimble. It was actually a sack fly, but yes. So he drives in the winning run there off of uh, the surprisingly human-looking Craig Kimbrell. I understand overall he's been very good, but the Jays have made him look not good at all this year. Uh, yeah, they've handled him pretty easily, actually. Well, as easily as you can handle Craig Kimbrell, but they've not had their troubles with him. Uh, and then the next game, we were sitting on a, a home run by Devin Travis, uh, which was unenthusiastically called by Mr. Buck Martinez for a home run <laughs> that was in potentially a, a game that would give them home field advantage in the playoffs. Uh, and then everything, after going 7-0, and their opponents going 7-0 and over on aggregate when the Jays had lost that last game against Baltimore or the first one against Boston, like the whole week, Every opponent for the wild card had won all of their games. And then they all just fell apart. Yeah, they all started losing. <laughs> it was like, well, this isn't tough at all when the other guys lose. <laughs> yeah, the, ba the baseball got smiled on the Blue Jays. <laughs> and then, you know, they decided to win it and get that home game anyway. But Tulo, Tulo getting the uh, the RBI hit in the eighth. Which, again, was, was surprising that all of a sudden there's clutch hitting. There's The Jays won two one-run games in a row. I thought that was not even on the list of things they were allowed to do. Uh, we've come a long way up on the adrenaline scale from from a week ago. Yeah. No, it was it was actually, you know, it ended very well. I mean, they still didn't hit very much, but they got timely hitting, and you know, they actually, which has been the biggest problem, and they cashed runners in this going position. Yeah, and the pitching did not waver. Uh, no, to... Sanchez took a no-hitter into the seventh. His first hit was the home run by Hanley Ramirez that may not have actually been a home run. Yeah, for those of you who didn't see it or don't remember, it, it was directly over top of the foul pole from this singular camera angle which was available, which is just stupid to me. <laughs> you yeah. got like 26 cameras in a ballpark. How hard would it be, I've said it before, to put one at the base of the foul pole and point it straight up? Wouldn't that yeah, solve although, all of this? That, that, although, uh, it would only solve balls that go directly over the foul pole. You'd at least have a much better idea. <laughs> it's true. For for relatively little cost, I think. 
considering you know all of the equipment that's in the ballpark to track everything the other thing i'm amazed at is that Statcast can't instantly tell you whether a ball was fair or foul even though it can tell you how many times it's spinning on the way to the plate <laughs> <laughs> yeah but anyway no but the the point was the pitching was awesome indeed and it, it, although it, sorry go ahead it continues to be through that that wild card game so if there's a time to get hot this is the best possible time for that to happen yeah, I mean, you know, part of that, all, all these tight games with the great, great low scoring and pitching games also ended up leading to Roberto Osuna walking off the mound in that game. But it sounds like he's OK. I mean, you know, Jamie talked. We'll talk about that when we talk to him a bit. But I mean, he has been overworked, but he's been so good. It's always, it's always hard to say that they did anything wrong with him aside from pitching him in a 5-1 lead against Baltimore. Yeah. But, but we talked about that last week. Yeah, water under the bridge. All right. So uh, speaking of Jamie and of uh, of what might be happening in this series, uh, now seems an opportune time to go talk to Jamie Campbell of Sportsnet about all that. And we'll be back with him right after this. And we would like to welcome to the program Mr. Jamie Campbell, host of uh, Blue Jays Central on Sportsnet. How are you doing, Jamie? Doing fairly well, I guess, under the circumstances. I didn't get a whole lot of sleep last night. I don't know about you guys, but uh, I was still staring at the ceiling at 7, 7.30 this morning. I had to come back and watch some clips on my iPad while I was laying in bed. Just, just so I, had, I couldn't let it go just yet. <laughs> Yeah, me too. I, um, of course, you know, I, I, I watch the game and stare into television lights all night long, which, which really activates your body or so it seems. And the next thing you know, I'm lying there in bed with, with replays of all these different occurrences in the game going over and over and over again, like some kind of a, a Sportsnet Encore, for goodness sakes. I just, you know, I know they, they, they've been broadcasting one today. I didn't need a Sportsnet Encore. I had one going through my mind last night. It was crazy. Well, at least it was good things you had going through your mind. <laughs> I do find it funny when they yeah. when they replay a game from yesterday. It's like I, I think I think a lot of that has stayed with me in the last you know twelve hours. I don't think a lot has faded into memory. But I guess no. You know, if you weren't up late, if you if you're not a if you're not a a night owl, then uh, then you get a chance to to take it all in again. So it's a smart idea for a lot of reasons, though. You think about people in the eastern part of this country, right? That would have to have checked out in around the fourth or fifth inning, depending on what time they have to get up and go to work. Or you think about people who are so emotionally attached to what's happening, and even with a replay of something that's already happened, they can feel some of the same feelings that occurred while they were watching it live. I think it's a great idea. Yeah, I, I happen to agree with that. I mean, you just get to relive a great moment. I mean, how many people watched the bat flip last year over and over and over again within 24 hours? And how many people still watch it? I mean, how many yeah. people YouTube that moment just so they can feel what they felt? I, I do it. I probably see the Joey Bats bat flip once a month now just because, you know, I'll, 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 I'll see it somewhere or I'll, I'll personally search it on, on YouTube or call it up here at the office and then just to, to feel what that felt like because we all remember where we were. It was one of those great moments, and I'm sure years from now we'll all say, regardless of how the Blue Jays do this postseason, we'll all say, boy, remember when Edwin hit it out, and it'll be, it'll be such a great memory. And just speaking of those feelings with those home runs, last year you'd said that on the videos of Bautista's, we can see you raising your arms. <laughs> How high were they this time? 
Um, I don't know if you can see me this time. Uh, it was it was pretty much the same reaction. I felt <laughs> way more assured that something was going to happen. I was actually sitting there expecting a deep fly ball into the outfield that was going to cash it on a sack fly. So that was my initial um, uh, assumption. Uh, and then when it came off the bat, uh, I knew that it, this was no sacrifice fly we were looking at here. So uh, I don't think my reaction was um, as bold as it was a year ago. And maybe the circumstances were slightly different. Remember, we trailed that series. And I say we, I mean the Blue Jays. I don't play for them. Uh, they, they trailed that series two games to nothing. And so the capper just felt so much better when when – Jose sort of put it out of reach, um, even though it wasn't a walk-off like last night. So I don't know why I didn't react as fervently as I did last year. Maybe it's because we've seen this movie before. Who knows? I think you're right, though, Absolutely. about not having as much time for the tension to build up, right? The five-game series, there's there's all this back and forth, and there's all the talk in between the games. And the winner-take-all format is great, but there really was only you know 10 innings of, of uh, what it was, and it was mostly sitting at, at, at a 2-2 tie. Um, so tension, yes. but I, I don't think you got as much of that. Uh, that There was no sense of, of doom or any sense that you had it in the bag, and I, I think that's what happened last year more so. Um, yeah, and you know, and I don't know if you guys noticed this. I don't know if either one of you was at the game last night, but the the highest point of tension, as far as I could tell, with respect to the people that were there, occurred in the ninth inning after Donaldson had let off the bottom of the ninth with that double. And the anticipation that they would end it right there seemed to be at its maximum. And then they didn't. And I noticed that as the Blue Jays came to the plate in the in the tenth, there just wasn't the the energy that that we'd seen earlier in the game. I don't know if you guys felt it if you were there or noticed it from television, but I certainly felt it. Yeah, I, I was there, and I definitely happen to agree with that. It just at that at that moment, it felt, oh no, we're going to lose. And then Osuna walked off the mound with an injury, and it's just like, yep. oh god, oh oh no. Yeah, yeah. What a feeling, though. It was, yeah. it was still pretty energetic afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> um, so <sighs> just, I, I don't know if you've heard anything. Like in the post game, Osuna did mention that he was fine and don't worry about it, which I guess is easy to say when you're stoked up on adrenaline uh i guess he's in the trainer's room watching it has there been a further follow-up with osuna's quote-unquote condition haven't heard anything unfortunately and uh it might have been adrenaline it might have been bud light too i loved what (laughs) jeff blair had to say i wasn't in the clubhouse but jeff blair said he walked out with three beers in his in his hands at some point and and uh and i guess jeff had stopped roberto and said how's it going and he said don't worry about it i'm fine same as he told, I guess, Barry or Hazel on the post-game show. So I guess we'll trust the kid at this point. Um, tightness in the shoulder, I guess, doesn't bother me as much as if we'd heard something like I felt something pop in my elbow. <laughs> so uh, at, at least we can lean on that. And I guess we'll find out um, a little more as we get closer to game one uh, on Friday night. Or sorry, on uh, when, what, what day? I see I'm even I've lost on Thursday, tomorrow. I'm that exhausted. We, I can't even tell you, you what game one is. Where you are, you don't know when it is. Yes. This is great. This is. Yes. I believe I'm in the province of Ontario right now. I can't be sure of that though. So going to that Rangers series, uh, 
obviously there's, there's a whole lot of drama between these two teams, which uh, both last year and the series this year. What do you expect to see um, happening as they get to Texas? Yeah, I um, I certainly hope we don't see um, any of the ill will reconstructed. Uh, I, I just don't think it's going to be uh, productive for, frankly, the Blue Jays. I don't really care about Texas, to be honest with you. But it's not going to be right for the Blue Jays to go out there thinking that uh, all of the, the hugs and kisses from last year and the bat flip and, and Sam Dyson saying something to Tulowitzki at the plate and Rugned throwing the punch as he did earlier this year. I just don't think it's going to be smart to engage in any kind of um, uh, uh, stupidity, uh, I think is probably the the best word to use because it's a five-game series and they can't afford to do something that's going to get somebody ejected from a game, removed from a game, uh, injured. And I know Joaquin Benoit wasn't hurt in the in the dust-up um, a week or change back, but you know he was hurt simply running out of the bullpen. But it doesn't mean it can't happen. So I hope it's a clean series first and foremost. Um, and frankly, I don't think there's any reason uh, not to like the Blue Jays' chances here. One, uh, they, they seem to have the best pitching starting pitching in particular of anybody in in the American League in the postseason right now. I don't think it's it's a, it's a debate at this point. Um, so let's ride Jay Happ and ride Aaron Sanchez as well as they possibly can. Uh, and frankly, they were down 2 nothing last year uh, with nothing left to lose and ended up winning three. So maybe there's a lesson to be gained from, from what they experienced last year that can be utilized in this series somehow, some way. Yeah, and but just really going back to something, you know, not not the craziness and, and the ugliness, right? But in terms of what you just said, with the the way these two teams match up on talent, and with the, their intense desire to obviously beat the other team, does it not feel like it could actually raise the stakes and like raise the level of energy and enjoyment of these games. I I would think it will for us, for those who are on the outside looking in. But I I think it can be detrimental to a player who's thinking they've got to do something over and above what they're capable of doing if it means um, embarrassing the other team in some way or getting back at the other team in some other way. Uh, there's, you know, it's, it's kind of like the way we've, we've assessed this ball club day to day over 162. And Greg and I talk a lot about this during the games about how um, there are too many times when some of the guys on this team go up there trying to be a hero when, you know, a shortened swing and maybe a hard hit ball somewhere might be a little more productive. And sometimes I wonder if, you know, if your energy is a little too high and, and the need to beat Texas again is, is so strong, you might, for lack of a better way of saying it, try too hard, you know. Um, sometimes baseball is a is – a, um, or can be um, a game one when you slow things down and and consider what it is you have to do to beat your opponent. Uh, I I know it sounds entirely philosophical, but it's sometimes it, it seems to work. Um, so I'm going to be really really interested to see what kind of a role people like Troy Tulowitzki uh, play in this series and and how sort of a calming influence like him might have an impact on what the Blue Jays eventually do in the series. 
Well, it's certainly nice if the team can, you know, maintain their composure because, you know, this is a very talented squad. But they're also running up against... Uh, I find a lot of similarities, actually, between the Rangers and the Orioles, aside from the fact that Rangers actually have some starting pitching. But mm -hmm. it's, it's another situation where it seems like where you get into the bullpen, it's tough. Uh, I mean... They've, they've got these some of these big arms, including Matt Bush, who, you know, nobody yep. seems to like particularly. But I mean, what do you actually <laughs> like? Well, how do you actually see some of these games playing out? Well, uh, I guess that all depends on on what each team gets from starting pitching. Cole Hamels goes in game one. Um, the Blue Jays at this very second as we speak have not formally announced who's going for them, but I would assume it's Jay Happ. So those first two games are going to be fascinating. Uh, one would guess you Darvish goes in game two. In fact, I think Texas has already announced that. And then Sanchez should be, a, be available for two and five if necessary. So initially I would see, hope to see, at least from – um, you know, the Canadian side of things, a, a deep outing, a six or a seven or an eight inning effort from Happ and Sanchez, because you pretty well know you're probably going to get that from Hamels and Darvish too. And then, you know, as far as the bullpen goes, you're right. They've got some incredible arms. That kid, Kella, uh, who's something like 22, 23 years of age and can throw a hundred miles an hour and Bush, who's been a revelation for them. And as much as people seem to dislike him, Sam Dyson, who is their closer. So they've got a a very strong bullpen. But you know what? So do the Blue Jays. And and I think the presence of Francisco Liriano made it even stronger. I mean, look at what he was able to accomplish last night after after uh, Osuna ended up leaving the game. So, um, um, boy, it's going to be fun to watch because they're, they're both offensively-minded clubs. They've, they've both got power bats in the lineup, whether it's Beltre or Ian Desmond or, or Mazzara, who started the year late, but you know he's proven himself to be quite a, a capable major leaguer. Um, it, it seems like a very evenly matched series, so it's really hard to suggest we're going to see this or see that. I think we're just going to look forward to seeing really well-played games. Um, if the Jays do get up and, you know, and they're coming home, say, two games to one after, after the third game, you know, for the fourth game... Do you think that – I'm curious if you think that people will start looking towards potentially, oh, we can get Boston we, we, and start actually somehow looking past this rival that we've had in the Rangers for the last year. Yeah, I hope not. Don't want to do that. I mean, I, if, if Texas was looking past the Blue Jays after two games last year, they obviously made a huge mistake. Um, no kidding. <laughs> yeah, I don't, think that's, I don't think that's a wise thing to do in any series, especially a five-game series. Um, but uh, who knows? I, I, like I said before, though, I think I think that the fact that this club and there are still so many players on the roster who were involved last year, getting behind 0-2 a year ago and being able to come back is going to serve them well. Uh, if they can win one game down in Texas, it's going to make for a really intriguing set of games back here in Toronto. There's no question about that. And I just don't see, you know, I've heard this from other people too, that, that some will tell you that the Blue Jays of 2016 might be better suited to go deeper into the postseason this year than the Blue Jays of 2015. And, and, and maybe there's some some credence to that. We, we know the rotation is excellent. We know they don't need all of the starting pitchers that they have. So um, how the guys who aren't going to be used are utilized uh, will be fascinating to see. Indeed. Yeah, well, so just yeah, just before we you know, get you out of here, 
when it, when it comes to things like this, like we're going just back to where we started this with you. You obviously, when you're on TV, you're, you're, mm-hmm. you have to keep an even keel. And when, <laughs> right? I try. It's not that easy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was going to say, like, for games like yesterday and like what we're expecting to see in this Rangers series, how hard is that? It's not hard when you're staring into a camera. That's not hard at all. I get it out of my system when nobody's looking. And, <laughs> and I don't mind admitting that to anybody because what do you want me to do? I mean, I, I have been following this team since I was 10, since they came into existence in 1977. It's the only baseball team I've ever cared for. Um, and I see every single one of their games every single season, unless I take a vacation in the middle of the summer, which I often do for a stretch of seven to ten days just to recharge the batteries. But I, it's it's funny. People have asked me in, in the past, how do you remain so um, unbiased? And I say to them, well, I'm not, but I will do so on air just in case because we – broadcast coast to coast just in case that person in manitoba who loves the twins might be watching or that bc resident who loves seattle is watching or all of those people and there are many of them in eastern canada who love the red sox who grew up with the red sox and 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 the people in southwestern ontario who love the tigers i have to be respectful of of who it is they care for um but it's easier than you think. I mean, you, you, you cannot deny that you're looking into a television camera and wearing a microphone. And if you're going to sit there and cheerlead the way some will do, then, you know, you're risking alienating a certain portion of your audience. I, t- I try to keep it as, as balanced as possible. But there are little subtle ways every now and then where I will uh, expose my enthusiasm. And I hope people catch it from time to time. I think one of those was your blank check for Mr. Encarnacion last night. <laughs> <laughs> I had. To. Wasn't that, you know, it's kind of what everybody's thinking. And, and I feel kind of bad because we should not be thinking right now about, okay, are Encarnacion and Bautista coming back? I just, I heard somebody say this today. Let's, let's enjoy, I think it was Stephen Brunt said it. Let's enjoy what's happening here. And let's worry about who's playing for the 2017 team after the 2016 season is over. It's not worth worrying about at this point. Um, And I think what Edwin, I think what Edwin said last night may actually go a long way. It's pretty clear, pretty clear. He doesn't want to be a Boston Red Sox. He doesn't want to play for any other team, but this one, it's pretty clear to me. Um, So, Hey, if, if, if this team and this fan base has been so good and supportive and have come out to the tune of three point whatever million, if, if the money is there, I can't see why this ownership group wouldn't say, come on, let's do the right thing here. Let's re-sign this guy. I don't know if they can afford to pay both, but certainly they should have the money to be able to afford to bring back one of them. Well, hopefully we'll have a, a couple more moments with him where he hits another walk-off, and, uh, and we can Wouldn't enjoy that, be that fun? regardless. Um, so, yeah. as usual, where can folks find you on the Twitter if they're into that sort of thing? On the Twitter, and please, people who want to follow me on Twitter, which is at SNetCampbell, please 
stop asking me about where are Buck and Pat and why are we listening to American broadcasters? <laughs> Just enjoy. <laughs> Seriously, it's unbelievable. Here, I mean, Bautista, Bautista hits that home run in the second inning. The Blue Jays are winning a one, a single game elimination wild card affair. And all I'm getting on Twitter is, where's Buck and Pat? These American broadcasters stink. And I kept thinking to myself, can you not just enjoy the game? Please, just enjoy the game. So so you can follow me on Twitter at Snet Campbell, but please don't ask me about the broadcast teams anymore. All right, we know what's <laughs> off. <laughs> Public service announcements. Uh, of course, you can see Jamie on Blue Jays Central and in the pregame for all of these before those horrible American broadcasters take over. Um, he will be teeing you up every night that there's a game. So uh, always a pleasure talking to you, Jamie. And uh, we'll uh, hopefully talk to you again soon when the Jays have a World Series victory under their belts. You too, guys. Thanks for having me. I enjoy it as always. All right. Take care. And we are back with an always amusing chat from Jamie Campbell. Yep. Don't ask him about the announcers. That's the biggest thing we learned in that interview. <laughs> That's like the equivalent of don't at me. Uh, <laughs> Here's here's my hot take. Don't at me. Um, <laughs> oh my goodness! This I, is a I, totally legitimate complaint, though. Oh, absolutely! Like 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 Jamie was the guy who decided that that's how baseball was carried. <laughs> I think he part has of the problem, that kind of power. Yeah. Uh, I I guess the fact that Buck and Tabler don't really understand how to operate a tri- Twitter account or have no desire to one of those two things is is probably funneling things in his direction. Um, because he is still appearing on the broadcast, and they are not. Well, they are, but you can't plea directly to Buck. Right. Oh, my goodness. We have people making pleas directly to us, though, as we nice. uh, ask them. See? Boom. Segway. <laughs> uh, we ask for questions, and as we mentioned earlier, y'all seem to be really keyed up about the Blue Jays for some reason. Yeah. I don't know what why. that could be. <laughs> okay. First question from our good friend Mike at GoSendsGo101. Odds that someone who is not Sanchez, Stroman, Hap, Estrada, Osuna, Grilly, Biagini, Cecil, or Liriano pitches an inning? Uh, I'm going to put this at 20% because I think there's a good chance that one of those five games will be out of hand. And then you need the mop-up guy. Well, yeah, or you just not necessarily need the mop guy, but you save your other pitchers. Right. So, but who, I, but if it's a close game, none of the nobody else is taking them out. That's so. That means that there's probably three guys on this roster who we're not going to see. So, who's on the roster who we aren't going to see? I'm just curious. Does Luke make the roster? Um, I don't think so, because you got Osuna, Grilli, Biagini, Cecil, Liriano. That's five relievers, and then you go with uh, Tapera and probably Danny Barnes. Right. Or Scott Feldman or something like that. Oh, I can see Feldman, yeah. Yeah. But uh, the only way actually I could see that one of those guys getting into a closer game is if Liriano and Osuna are not available for game one. Due to use and or injury and or both. Right. Cool enough. Uh, so we'll go to uh, our buddy Brian A at big underscore B underscore SR. I'm getting used to saying that now. Uh with how some fans can be 
overly unruly at times, uh, and this will tie into a different question I, I will follow with. Should uh, Rugned Odur get extra security while in Toronto? Uh, and then we have uh, the other question related to that, which is from Joel Wendell at Wendell Joel. You have one punch, and you can spend it on either Odur or Beer Can Guy. Who do you choose? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so we've already established that we have no desire to punch players on the other team. Right. And we might have a more creative solution for Mr. Beer Ken Guy that we're going to get to you in a little bit. Oh, yes. Absolutely. So we're going to go with, uh, we're, obviously, we're going to go with neither. We're just going to save that punch. Is that what's going to happen? <laughs> yeah, we're going to hold it back. <laughs> uh, do you think someone like Odor deserves extra security while he's in Toronto, or do you think he'd be smart to get it? I don't think so. I don't think it's necessary. No one's going to attack him on the streets. And there's no, I don't, how many people are really going to recognize him on the streets, not in a uniform? Yeah. I don't think I don't think his town is that tuned into opposing players. Sure, you'd recognize Stroman on the street if you're a Torontonian and a fan. But it's a lot harder when you only see a guy, you know, four games a year or six games a year or whatever. So I don't think it's, I don't think it's that public. Now, in the stadium, with all the drunk people, uh... Yeah, I would. I if I were Odor, I would not be throwing punches while I was on the road. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, they're not going to need like extra security around the fences and things like that. Just whatever they have for the normal playoff games. Yeah, which is a ton when you look carefully. Uh, there's a lot of or not even that. that carefully. You saw the cops out there yesterday yep. after the incident. For sure. Okay. Uh, what else we got for questions? You want to give me one? Yeah. <laughs> this one comes from Luke at Spork V. They have to give Eddie a blank check, right? We know Jamie Campbell agrees. Yeah, um, I don't know if the check will be blank. I definitely think the check should be large. It's it's really hard to argue against the guy who has performed, is performing, and you know is a, is a is a huge part of this franchise. Uh, I I, th I think he gets certainly a fair market offer from the Blue Jays. I don't think they just go, well, we can't really afford that. Also because, as we know about the free agent market, and we've alluded to it before, other than Bautista and Encarnacion, there are not a lot of bats out there to go get. So if you got to go get somebody, why not get your own guy? Yeah, you might know more about them than anybody else. Exactly. Um, how likely, this is from Derek at uh, Torpan13, how likely is Gibbon's contract to be renewed after the wildcard win? I don't think it will. I mean, he's already under contract for next season. Well, that clause elapsed, didn't it? Yeah, but they guaranteed next season as oh, part okay. of it. They just don't have the looping option thing anymore, which was always stupid. Indeed. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think they're going to deal with that. They'll probably let it go into next season, or they'll give him like an extension, but there won't be like this whole one-year renewal thing anymore. No, I, I don't think the actual wildcard game makes a huge difference. No, I, I think that... that if they if they get bounced by the Rangers, they're not going to fire Gibby, but they're not going to extend him either. Mm. The dreaded lame duck managing. Yeah. Uh, here's one. This is kind of a fun one. I was talking about this with some people after the game yesterday. Where does the Edwin Homer rank among all-time greatest Jays hits? Now, it might be easier just to, to drop that down to home runs. Mm-hmm. But if you have some hits to toss in there, go for it. But what do you think? So the only hit that I can that jumps to mind that is not a home run is was it Winfield's double in '92? Um, yes. Not a lot of other hits just sort of spring to mind. So I would I'm fine with confining it to home runs. So obviously home run number one is Carter. Um, 
a lot of people would say number two is Jose Bautista now because of, I think, partially recency, but also because of, of the strange situation that that happened in that's going to stand out for a long time. Um, I think because number three is either Sprague or Alomar, Alomar in the ALCS, Sprague with the pinch hit, I, I think Eddie is a good competition for that number three slot. Because it's a walk-off, because it advances you to the next round of the playoffs in a winner-take-all, it's super awesome. But this round of the playoffs didn't even exist, this one-game <laughs> thing, uh, back when those other home runs were hit. So it, it does it reduces that a little bit. So I, I would definitely give him three, maybe four. You? I think it's four or five. I have my, For me, I go Carter, Alomar, Batista. Just because Alomar, they were losing that game. Mm-hmm. Whereas Bautista, when Bautista hit us, they were tied. And he was facing the greatest closer, non-Mariano Rivera division of all time. <laughs> Is that his official title now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think Edwin's solidly in the top five. I think he's like, it's here, Sprague, for four. All right. Fair. I think we can do that. By the way, it's a top five hit or home run in Blue Jays history, which is pretty damn cool. Yeah, considering it happened yesterday. Yeah, we've already it's already up there. Um, here's one because I don't know the answer to this. I'm going to ask you from the bald soprano at Aonic NUI, and you can look up the spelling of that yourself. Is there a rule saying that you have to disclose your starting pitcher by a specific time? Wondering why teams telegraph this in advance publicly. Uh, well, I mean, they have to announce it before the game, but the, this stuff where they have to announce the startup of two days before the game and all that. No, that doesn't exist. Uh, as for why they do it, there's no real reason not to do it. I mean, you have to do it in a reasonable amount of time, a few hours before the game. It's not going to change anything. These these guys are prepared for all of your starters. Yeah, yeah, you're you're gonna get you're not gonna get a radical lineup change. Um, I don't think out of it. Yes, there's platoon splits in that, but it's but they'll be, they, they'll have that those lineups ready for whoever yeah. you throw. I mean, and the, the biggest reason to do it is you just stop all the questions. <laughs> Which are incredibly annoying for managers, I'm sure. Yeah. And, and also, specifically, most pitchers don't like to talk to the media on the day of their start. So this, the media needs to know who's starting. So they can literally leave the guy alone. Hilarious. Yeah. Uh, does, that, does that round it up, or did I miss any significant ones? Uh, there was a couple of them. There, there was one that, that I thought was interesting. So this was from Torpan13, Derek, again. Do you like the current format of the wildcard game, or would you like to see it change to, say, a best of three? Me, personally? No. I, I actually talked about this on the Bird's Eye it View was, thing. Which it was, wasn't a yes or no question. I would not like to see it. I like the format. It's fine. I do not want to see it change to a three game. Uh, two reasons. One, we're already getting into November. Let's not get any further into November. Um, number two, the, the wildcard is is kind of a bonus playoff spot in my brain still so the bonus playoff spot is that you have a much more tenuous grip on that you don't deserve all of this extra you know time to work things out or whatever else you got in congratulations you get a coin flip that's all you get I don't know yeah i agree with you 100 yeah yay it's also just way more exciting oh yeah <clears throat> and you got to keep in mind that by the end of a three-game series who even the winner would be completely screwed for pitching by the time they got to the divisional series. No, I think it's the opposite, actually. By the end of the three-game series, they have to have a day off. Now the game one starter can go again. <laughs> yeah, true. 
Uh, but meanwhile, the, the the other team is now sat for how long? That's yeah, the so thing. there's just there's just no logical way you could go to more than one game. And when they change it to three, we're still going to say that that it's not logical. Years from now, I um, don't think they'll ever do it when the season ends in December somehow. <laughs> oh goodness me! So shall we go to our do over now? Yes, yes, we should go to our do-over because our do-over is for a special kind of human being and we don't even know who the person is. Our do-over is for Mr. Throw-a-can-on-the-field-you-moron. What are you thinking? Uh, yeah. You might not expect us to give a do-over to this person because normally all we request of the do-over folk is that they come on, apologize, and then we'll never talk about it again. But no, you had a better idea, Josh. No, this was your idea. Don't don't try to don't not take your care, your credit. Okay. Well, we, we came up with parts of this together. I think that in order to get a do-over in a situation where you throw something on the field at a player, and don't tell me you weren't throwing it at the player, um, for any reason, that uh, you should come on the show and we get to throw cans at you. And your suggestion was while the person is working. So if the person is, uh, you know, let's say they normally work at a fast food restaurant, um, they have to turn their back to the counter and then we pelt them with things for, I think, what, five minutes is fair? Yeah, I think five minutes. It's just, you know, and the rule, the reason they got to be working is so they don't have a chance to defend themselves. They have to go about their job and we, they don't know when the cans are coming. We could fire them every five seconds, every 35 seconds. It's up to us. Yeah. Because that's exactly what you're doing to someone who is in playing a sport or anything like that. And, and how cowardly and pointless. Like, you do understand that if the guy doesn't make the catch, that, that the umpires are just going to overrule that anyway. And the play is not going to work out in Toronto's favor ever. It's, right. It, it actually lowers your chances of success because there is, even if it's infinitesimal, there is a chance that Kim does not catch that baseball. Yep. That beer can negated that chance. Yep, because no matter what, the assumption is going to be by the rules that he should have caught it, and the thing that stopped him from catching it is the, the beer can that he caught out of the corner of his eye. And if it was yeah, a Red so, Bull can, that's even worse. You should not be drinking Red Bull at a baseball game. Because <laughs> that's the important part. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was just, it was awful. And that person should never be allowed to attend in a Major League Baseball game again in their life. Pretty simple because I mean the rule, hey, don't pelt things, don't throw things on the field, is not something that you should even need explained to you. So clearly, if you do, you don't deserve the privilege of attending a game, much less a playoff game ever. Mm -hmm. So there's the do-over. You want to get pelted with cans? We might let you back in a major league stadium. Fair? Might. Might. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness me! So. Any other final notes that you have, my my good man? Yeah, a couple of them. Uh, so Brady Dragmar was just traded to the Pirates. Odd timing. Yeah. You know, we designated him for assignment a few days ago. So, yeah, that, that was kind of... The, there was a move that had to be made there. And uh, the Blue Jays, that game was watched by an average of over 4 million people, that wildcard game on television, with a peak of 9 million. Wow. Just yeah. wow. These numbers are crazy that come out from these games. Um, sorry, sorry. It was a peak of five and a half million, but nine people tuned in at some point. Nine million, nine million over the course. Yeah. Nine million different people saw a section of the game. But yeah. just the four million right there. F four million people for, for the very first playoff game. This is not 
you know, this isn't the World Series yet. Uh, that's a ton of eyeballs in Canada. So that's awesome. I hope that y'all continue to, to watch and enjoy. Um, I have another clip because I love playing clips. Uh, this is from James uh, G at James underscore in underscore T.O., who you should be following if you are both on Twitter and a Blue Jays fan for lots of reasons. He's great. He has picked the Portuguese ESPN Brazil um, clip of Edwin's walk-off dinger, and it goes like this. <laughs> Wow, at the end. <laughs> yeah, the guy. Like, it's, <laughs> that guy was waiting for the whole call so he could wow. Wow, that was great. Oh, okay. man, that was great. That was freaking turned up to about 12 on a scale of 1 to 10. <laughs> over that forever and ever didn't understand anything except toronto blue jays edwin encarnacion and texas rangers um <laughs> that was super cool anyway that means that we have come to the end of uh, another podcast uh i have been uh greg wisniewski at coolhead2010 you have been josh housem at joshua housem our guest was jamie campbell at snet jamie no snet campbell We'll get that one right eventually without trying twice. Oh, and this has been Artificial Turf Wars episode number 32, and I so hope we see you next week while the Jays are still playing baseball. <laughs>